Uh, we are going to stand and sing. Uh, I keep turning it on. Maybe I'm losing batteries. Yeah, okay. I got no batteries. I'll need be needing. Hosanna, there we go, that's better, isn't it? All right, I've been fighting a few gremlins this morning. I think there is an accuser, an enemy that doesn't want this morning to go well. Good morning, everybody. My name is Peter. It's my great joy and privilege to serve as the Minister of the Word here at church in the marketplace, and it's my great joy to welcome all of you here this morning, as well as those watching online from home. Today is a very special uh, time this morning because we've got a number of visitors here who are going to be here for our big Easter egg hunt upstairs. Uh, we are going to be celebrating the fact that today is Palm Sunday, the Sunday before Easter, when Jesus was welcomed as the coming king into Jerusalem. We're also going to be continuing our journey through the book of Exodus. For the growing up, it's going to be learning about how God provides manna from heaven. He provides what we truly need, when we need it, and gives us some very specific instructions about how to rely on him day by day, by day. Let's, uh, let's commence our time together with a word of prayer. Praying is just talking to God. You can pray to God anytime, anywhere. You don't have to wait till you come to church. Uh, you can tell him what you're thinking. You can tell him if you're scared, if you're happy. You can tell him if you're worried, if you're sad. And we're going to do that right now. At the end of a prayer, you might sometimes hear people use this old-fashioned word, Amen. It just means I agree. So if you agree with what I'm about to say, you might just say, like to join in the Amen at the end. Church, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for drawing us here today. Thank you so much that Jesus is our King, that we can shout, Hosanna, come Lord Jesus, come and be our King. We say thank you for all of our visitors here this morning. We say thank you for the gift of chocolate at Easter time. But most of all, we say thank you for the gift of Jesus, of new life, abundant, eternal resurrection life in this life and the next by making Jesus the Lord or the boss or our king of our life forever. And all the people said, amen, let's stand and sing. Hosanna, you can clap along and wave your palm brand.
Well done, rock and roll. All right, please remain standing. This is a really fun song that talks about how Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Uh, he came into Jerusalem riding on a donkey and they all waved palm leaves. And they shouted, come and save. Hosanna means come and save, come and, come and be our king. The lyrics are really, really simple. It simply goes, he's the King of kings, he's the Lord of lords. His name is Jesus, clap, clap, Jesus, clap, clap, Jesus, clap, clap, Jesus, clap, clap, and then we hold the O. Oh, he is the king. All right, so let's have a, have a run through. We've got some lyrics on screen. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord. like to help out with this part of the song. Uh, Ethan would love to go for a run Ethan. with one of these guys. Ethan would love a partner Ethan. to go for a run. Hey kids, I need your help with something. Evelyn, want to come and help out? Alright, here's Evelyn. She's up for a challenge with Nan. All right, so what I want you guys to do is when we sing the O's, I want you to run right up the back, give Maria a high five, and then come back down and give Bethany a high five. And when they give Bethany a high five, we're going to sing, He is the King. Ethan, you're going to show the way, buddy, all right? You ready? He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. Another one, you ready? But I want you to go, go right around the outside. Ethan, you're gonna lead them right and follow Ethan. Ready? Not yet. He is the king of kings. Not yet. He is the Lord of lords. His name is Jesus. 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 what I want you girls to do Ready? this time. You're going to follow Ethan. Follow Ethan. Ethan he's going to go. He's going to be the leader. All right. Ethan get ready is going to gonna run him. out the door. He's going to run out and give someone out on the mall a high five. And then you're going to run all the way back in and give Bethany a high five. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. His name is Jesus. 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 Go. Oh.
right, take a seat, everybody. You guys can go back and take a seat. Oh, fantastic. Lots of high energy today. Oh, that's wonderful. You're all in fine voice today. I've got a story to tell you little people. We're going to invite you to cast your eyes to the screen. We're going to be showing you a cartoon about the story of today. Today is the week before Easter. Next week is Easter when we remember that Jesus died in our place so that we might live and that he rose back to life so that we too can have new life, life forever with God in this life and in the next. Not pie in the sky when you die. It's abundant, eternal, resurrection, Easter, Easter life every day. You know, if you cast your eyes to the screen, this is uh, the story of Easter. This is the story of Palm Sunday. You might sometimes hear it called the triumphal entry. Let's have a look and see what happened that day. The story of Easter. The triumphal entry. This is Jesus. hey Who is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. While Jesus was on earth, he taught everyone about God's love and healed people from their sickness. He did many miracles like calming storms and even raised people from the dead. At this time, the Jewish people were celebrating a festival called Passover that had been celebrated since the time of Moses when God brought his people out of Egypt. So Jesus was going to Jerusalem to celebrate. Jesus and his disciples stopped in the town. And Jesus told two of his disciples to go on ahead of them. Eh, okay. He told them to go into a village and that they would see a young donkey that no one had ever ridden. Rock! He told them to untie it and bring it to him. If anyone asks, what are you doing? He told them to just say, the Lord needs it and will return it soon. Okay, go ahead. So the disciples did what Jesus said and brought him the donkey. A long time ago, before Jesus was even born, God had said that the Savior, the King of Israel, would come to Israel in this way. And now Jesus was doing just as God had said. The news that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem swept through the city. Many heard about all the amazing things he had done, so they cut palm branches and ran to see him. The Pharisees and religious rulers realized that there was nothing they could do, for everyone was going to see Jesus. Jesus rode into the city of Jerusalem, and the crowd spread their coats on the road ahead of him. His followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. The Pharisees were upset. Hey, Jesus! And they told Jesus to stop the people from saying things like that. But Jesus said, if they keep quiet, the stones along the road would burst into tears. So the people kept on singing, blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in highest heaven. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered, asking, who is this? And the crowds replied, it's Jesus. And Jesus rode the donkey through the street of Jerusalem to the temple in a triumphal entry, just as God said he would many years before.
we hope that all of you kids one day come to, like those guys in Jerusalem, to shout, Jesus, come, come into my life, come and save and make him the boss of your life or the Lord of your life. We celebrate that Jesus is our king. But he's not a king that was all high and mighty and says, oh, I want you to do this or you're in big trouble. He's a king that loves us and in fact serves us. He's the opposite of a king who just wants to be the boss. He invites you to make him the boss of your life. And I pray that today you'll learn more about Jesus, that you too will come to make Jesus your king, the boss or the the Lord of your life, so that you might share in his resurrection to eternal life, that you too might be at the Father's side forevermore, but not just waiting until you die to get there, but you might have true life, life to the full, life with meaning and purpose right here and now. We've got a few things to tell you a little bit about what happens here uh, before you guys uh, head out to, uh, out to the Easter egg hunt. One of the things that we do as a church family is, uh, is we support uh, a mob in Fiji called the Good Neighbour International. And Paul and Lynn are going to tell you a little about some of the things, some of the work that we support to make sure that not just people here in Australia, but people in another country, in another part of the world, also know about Jesus and also have abundant life to the full. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Pete. Church in the marketplace isn't just a church for Bondi Junction or the eastern suburbs. If we're going to be the disciples of the King, the Lord, the Saviour, we've got to be disciples for everyone. It doesn't mean we can do everything, but we are called to to look beyond uh, just our our neighbourhood. And for more than 20 years, we've been supporting the Good Neighbour International in in Fiji, which is a Christian organisation that works particularly with disadvantaged people there. Their motto is, we build people. And a couple of things they say are, we believe that development is a process, not a series of projects. And we believe that the role of TGNI is to facilitate sustainable change not to control planning and decisions. So they're very much about empowering people. Some of that will be about providing employment or helping skilling people up for employment. For some people who really don't have much in the way of resources, it will be more just helping them. Women who are fleeing domestic violence, women and children, kids who are going to struggle to, to get any sort of education unless they get support. And the TGNI has been doing some fantastic work over the last more than 20 years, but we've been involved going over there and providing them with financial support. And Lynn's going to talk about our latest effort to support the the work of TGNI. Thanks, Paul. Hi, my name's Lynn, and I was a fashion teacher. So when I went to Fiji for the first time, I was actually putting carrot seeds in, in the fields as we support the agriculture. And I realised that the children couldn't go to school unless they had school uniforms. So I said, I could do that, (coughs) which I thought meant sending patterns over there and that would be the end. This is now our fifth trip to Fiji. And you'll see the slides behind me of the women that we've helped. So basically what we've done is this is my fourth trip of sewing. The first trip was girls' uniforms. The second trip was boys' shorts, men's sulus. The third trip was their traditional outfits, which you will see. And this one is men's shirts and boys' shirts. What we try and do is 
um, TGNI identifies groups around Fiji. So some of these women have travelled for five, six, up to eight hours to come to us. So that means we have to support them in the cottage that we have for two weeks. So we pay all their costs, all their food, and this is something that would be totally out of reach for most of these women. And then I proceed to run it like a little bit like TAFE, with a lot of help, but we have nine days to teach what I probably teach in two years. So we go over with a lot of resources. We do patterns, we do samples, we do everything. So when we land in Fiji on the Sunday, by Monday morning, we are up and running. Many people here have been on a trip, and I can see them sitting around, and you'll probably be able to identify them on the screen. So this year, um, we will be taking sewing machines, which we've done every year, fabric and threads and everything you can think of you need to sew. So if you are wanting or able to support us, that's great. If not, we always appreciate you doing I'll just leave you to listen to this for one minute. You can run that again, guys. That's part of what they do. They tend to sing all the time. So this is just what we're doing. We help on the 7th of May for 12 days. I just might add, every single person coming pays all their own costs. Anybody who wanted to donate to this program goes directly to the ladies. They all get a sewing machine and all the equipment they need. And we've got Kathy up the back that was there. We've got Sue over here that was there on the last time. Sue's been as well. So it's something that we are passionate about, we enjoy, um, and with your support we're able to do it. And CMP has been an amazing support, for, as Paul said, for 20 years. So thank you. So if you would like to sow into the ministry, please see Lynn or Paul after the service. They would love to hear from you. Uh, mums and dads, we'd love to have you over the coming weekend at our Easter services. Uh, so we've got lots coming up here at Church in the Marketplace. We've got uh, uh, a choral item happening at Luga Bray. You can come and hear us sing Messiah for everyone. That's Wednesday night, uh, Friday morning here at 10 o'clock. Uh, we'll have a special uh, Good Friday service and then Easter Sunday dawn service down at Bronte. So it's 6am at Bronte Beach and then, uh, then 10am here at our church service uh, at 10 o'clock. So 10am here next Sunday but dawn, 6am down at Bronte Beach. We'd love to have you guys with us. God bless you guys. We hope you have a wonderful time. Hope you find lots of eggs this morning up there on level two. As for the rest of us, we're all invited up at the end of the service uh, to, uh, to have some hot cross buns. And who knows, the kids might have even missed an Easter egg or two. You never know your luck in the big city. So that's after the service. Please come up and uh, join us up on level two for some more fellowship at the end of the service. Uh, we have a, a Bible reading this morning. It comes from Exodus chapter 16. You might like to grab a, a, a Bible. Uh, you can... Uh, have a look on your phone. You can get an app on your phone. You can look it up on the interwebs, uh, biblegateway.com. Uh, Renee will hand out a hard copy of a Bible up the back. If you don't have a Bible in your house, we'd love to give you one. We have plenty here we'll give away for free. So please uh, grab hold of, of a Bible. Uh, make sure you've got a, a copy of one somewhere uh, nearby to make sure that uh, I'm not telling porkies up here. Uh, and uh, we're going to be looking at Exodus chapter 16. But for, uh, just for a moment, just for a couple of minutes, um, why don't you uh, and turn to your neighbour and 
ask them, have you ever received something for nothing? So that's the question today for our community time. Have you ever got something for nothing? Two minutes community time, go. Our reading this morning comes from Exodus chapter 16. So let's have a look. We're going to be going to read all of it. We're just going to read verses 1 through to 5 and then pick up at verses 11. So I think we may have it on screen. If not, I'm sure you can... Uh, oh, there we go. So, so the context here is that the God's people, the Hebrews, are, are now free, right? So they have now been liberated from the Holy Land. I've got a few people here this morning that haven't been journeying with us over the past couple of months, but I'm, many of you, I'm sure, will be familiar with this story. Uh, God's people, the Hebrews or the Israelites, have been enslaved in Egypt for some 400 years. Uh, Joseph of amazing Technicolor dream coat fame brought his family, his clan, down there some 400 years prior, uh, and they have flourished in the land. They have multiplied, and they are now a, a, a great nation. Uh, but Pharaoh was treating them very harshly, putting them to work, hard labour, uh, making bricks. They were the victims of, of a genocide, basically, trying to, to, to kill every male Hebrew baby, to throw it in the Nile. But, but God has miraculously intervened. God has miraculously stepped in to, to save his people, uh, to, to liberate his people. And if you know the story, that Moses has been raised up. Moses is up. Is a flawed character. We often think of these 
people in scripture as these great mighty men and women. They weren't. They were ordinary folk, ordinary schmoes, just like you and I, flawed, full, full of doubts and fears. Moses was certainly chief among them. He, he, had a, he didn't have a particularly good uh, speech. He, he confesses at one time that he's slow of tongue. He may have had a, a bit of a speech impediment. He was, well, he was a murderer, so there's that. Uh, he was an exile, but God has put a call on his life. He said, you're my man, Moses. Come and, and bring my people to freedom. Lead my people uh, to, to, the promise, to the promised land. And, of course, as followers of Jesus Christ, we look to these stories as, as foundational, and we look to them in not just the stories of, of something that happened in history, but in, in ways that we can actually live out finding true freedom and true peace in our lives still today from all that enslaves us. So... They've been miraculously set free, plagues and, and, and a miraculous uh, parting of the Red Sea. They've walked on dry land to freedom. Pharaoh's army has been smashed, destroyed and, and drowned. They are now out in the wilderness. So they're, they're technically free, but up here they're, they're still slaves. Let's pick up the story in Exodus uh, chapter 16. The whole Israelite community set out from Elim and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they'd come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled. What did they do? Grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you've brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare uh, what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. And then down to uh, verse 11. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you will all eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening, quail came and covered all the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it out by the omer, the one who had gathered much did not have too much, and the one who had gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, No one is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began 
to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed, and when the sun grew hot, it melted away. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much, two omers for each person, and the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. So they saved it until morning as Moses commanded and it did not stink or get maggots in it. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath of the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. <laughs> Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions? Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That is why on the sixth day he gives you bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where they are on the seventh day. No one is to go out. So the people rested on the seventh day. The people of Israel called the bread manna. It was white like coriander seed and tasted like wafers made with honey. Church, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you might come alive to us through the pages of Scripture this morning. We pray that we might be able to learn from this, this famous passage, that we might be able to apply it in our lives. Father, help us to not simply be hearers of the Word, but doers of the Word. May we apply the lessons learned from this story in our lives this coming week. We pray that my words might be your words. We pray that I might decrease and you increase in all that is said and in all that is heard. And the people said, I mean, God has been so faithful to this point. He has been so very good to his people. He has brought them out of Egypt. He has smote the, their oppressors with ten devastating plagues. There can be no doubt that God is at work. They've finally been released and they've been led by a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud, cloud in the day, pillar of fire at night time. This is miraculous stuff, truly amazing stuff. Pharaoh's army have been bearing down on top of them, had been smashed, uh, they had parted, God had parted the Red Sea. They've walked through the sea on dry land. In the chapter beforehand, they've seen all of this and they are praising God. All of chapter 15 is a song of praise. God's people are praising God for his goodness, for all that he has done. So it's all one big happy ending, yes? Well, of course, no, that's not how it works out with these people. These people are so infuriating. But then, as we found out in our Bible study, uh, this week. Actually, they're not so very different from us, are they really? They start grumbling. We've, they find themselves out in the wilderness, out in the desert. So they're free, but they're, well, they need water <laughs> and they need some food. And God is promised to bring them into a land, a land flowing with milk and honey or just sugar and fat. That's where they think they're heading to. But God in his wisdom, takes them on a bit of a roundabout sort of a trip. 
This journey isn't just going to be about transportation, it's going to be about education. He's going to educate them and counsel them about how to be his people. He wants them to follow him willingly, to obey him willingly, for them to put their trust in him day by day. And it doesn't take long for the grumbling to start up again. In fact, they even start to idealize their slavery. So in verse 3, uh, they start, Oh, if only, Moses, what have you done? You've brought us out here to die. They've seen God do all these amazing things, but they still are not trusting in him. They think they're going to die out in the desert. We had pots of meat sitting around. We had plenty of food. Slavery was awesome. Take us back there. Slavery is calling out to them, and they're grumbling and moaning and turning on, on Moses at this point. I think the lesson here is that you can take someone out of slavery in an instant, but taking the slavery out of the person, well, that can take a lifetime. They're still slaves in their minds. They're still, they're still captive to the things of this world. They're not people of faith. They're still people who are full of fear. This is about a battle between faithfulness and fearfulness. They're still very, very fearful. They're still wanting to keep control of their lives, to manage everything. They're not yet prepared to let go and, and to let God. So they're starting to grumble. And so this is the point of the story yet again where you think, well, this is kind of like that scene in a modern-day supermarket where the kid's having a tantrum and the mum's doing her best to keep things under control. The parent is there, the mum or the dad is trying to sort of calm little Timmy down. But little Timmy's not having a... He's throwing a hissy fit and then he sort of does something really beyond the pale and swears at his mother or kicks his dad in the shins and you wonder... Is this kid about to get a whooping? This is this moment. You're wondering, how long is God going to be patient with these people? But unlike an earthly parent, God never loses his patience. He remains loving and, and gracious. And so he indeed provides manna from heaven. He hears their grumbling. He hears their cries. And he promises to provide bread for them day after day after day. And not only that, a quail covers the camp. Bearing in mind, there were 600,000 men, women and children beside. We're probably talking about a couple of million people. This is an entire nation. This is a mass exodus. Quail covers the camp, provides meat for them in the evening, bread lying on the ground every single morning. But here's the thing. God gives them some very specific instructions about how to gather it in and about how to make the most of it. God abundantly blesses his people, but he says, listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, to follow me, do things my way. Are you going to follow me? Are you, you going to prepare to trust in me, even when my ways might be a little bit different from your ways? This bread, it's only going to last the day. Don't store it up. It'll go off. It's not going to last. I want you to trust me day by day by day. Friends, this went on for 40 years. They're wandering in the desert for 40 years. This is going on. Each new day, having to trust in God that day. 
This is mind-blowing for them in a culture whereby it was an agrarian society where you would gather in your crops all at once and hope they lasted out the winter. Right, back in the day, there was no supermarkets to go to. You, you gathered in all that you could in your crops at harvest time and you prayed to God that they would, that they would go the distance until the next harvest time. So to, to break that mindset and to trust in God every day to provide for them that day, it was a really big mind shift for them. And I, you know what? I think it still is for us today. So this isn't just giving them food. God is here shepherding their hearts. He wants them to trust in him for their very survival, to surrender themselves to God rather than trying to keep control for themselves. He wants them to see that even out in the desert, even out in the wilderness places, even out in the difficult parts of life, God is still enough. And he's looking for them to maybe even see that perhaps back in Egypt, in slavery, where you thought you had plenty, sat around pots of meat, actually that place was a place of slavery and of oppression and of death. He's wanting to change their mindset. Do we need to do the same in Australia or from our visitors anywhere around the world? I think it's the same challenge for us today to change our mindset and to throw ourselves completely upon God's mercy, to give us our daily bread. Of course, Jesus prayed, didn't he? Give us this day our daily bread. When Jesus taught us the Lord's Prayer, he was undoubtedly thinking to this famous episode. Just give us, Lord, this day our daily bread. And think too, it's a communal prayer as well. It's not give me what I need, it's give all of us, all the human family, our daily bread for this day. The instructions were very clear from God. Go out and gather what you need for this day. Take a portion, an oma is what it was, a couple of litres worth in today's language. They would each go out and gather it in, and, and each person had enough. You would gather enough for the number of people in your tent. Everyone had to be provided for. No one was to go without. And to trust God, of course... Not everyone did. They tried to hoard it. They tried to keep it to themselves, but it went off and was full of maggots. Again, another such a, a powerful, relevant, I think, metaphor for today. When we try to hang on to what's ours, the more tightly we squeeze and hang on to what we've got, the more it just squeeze, squeezes out through our fingers and we lose it. This is a story about how it's only by letting go, by trusting God, that is how we receive true life. That is how we find our way to the promised land. This is how we find our way to true, abundant, eternal res resurrection life. So are you in a desert place at the moment? Are you, are you out in, in the wilderness perhaps? Perhaps you're not really sure where, where God is, is taking you. Do you feel like you're going the long way around? God's people here were certainly taking the long way around. They could have walked up, if you know the geography, they could have walked from Egypt up to Israel in not too great a time, but they spent 40 years in the desert. God is wanting to teach them. He's wanting to train them. He's wanting to instruct them. He's wanting to, he's wanting to, to disciple them. He's wanting them to understand that even when we can't see God's hands, 
we can still trust his heart. And that's a quote from the great Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers. He said, even when we can't see God's hands, even when we don't know how he's going to provide, when we don't know what he's up to, we can still trust in the goodness of God's heart. So can I encourage you, friends, this week to let go and, and to let God. Can I encourage you to trust in the bread of life, not simply the, the physical stuff, but the spiritual bread of life. Of course, Jesus, again, would identify with this episode. He would, he would quote this episode in his own teaching. Jesus would say that I am the bread of life. I am the bread that has come down from heaven to feed you, that gives you life, that nourishes you, and which will sustain you in this life and in the next. Today on, on Palm Sunday, when we welcome Jesus as the coming king, it's always got a sting in the tail, doesn't it, if you know the story, because only a few days later, that fickle crowd like that fickle mob back in Exodus chapter 16. And let's be honest, fickle Aussies like you and I still today, fickle Irishmen and Americans, doesn't matter what tribe or clan you're from, we're fickle still today, aren't we? Can I encourage you to be putting your trust in Jesus and to know that Christ is enough, even in the desert places, to put your trust in him day by day, to welcome him as your coming king. And even when our hearts turn and the crowds eventually started yelling, crucify him, crucify him, to think of this moment and say, no, I am, I'm going to trust in Jesus to be my bread of life, my bread of heaven for this day and indeed forevermore. I want to leave you with a, a story of, of liberation from from slavery, from a, another time in, in, in history. Another miraculous tale of, of liberation to, to inspire you. The story uh, is told about uh, Abraham Lincoln, the American uh, uh, president, was visiting a, a slave auction one day. And upon arriving, he saw a, a slave girl up on, up on the block. And with compassion, uh, he, he bid and, and won this, this girl. And after purchasing her, Lincoln uh, told this disbelieving young woman that she was free. In her surprise, she said, well, what does this mean? And, and Lincoln is reported to have said, it means that, that, that you are free. She said, does this mean that I can do whatever, can I can say whatever I want to say? He said, yes, it does. She said, does it, it mean that I can be whatever I want to be? And he said, yes. It does. And she said, does, does this mean that I can go wherever I, I want to go? Uh, and he, he leant down and he said, yes, yes, it does. You can go wherever you would like to go. With tears streaming down her face, this little girl said, then I will choose to go with you. God has set you free, friend. He has sent Jesus Christ to pay the penalty for all of the muck and nonsense, all of the mistakes and guff in your life, all the hurts and pains have been dealt with once and for all. Your slate is wiped clean. You are washed whiter than the snow. Praise God. The price has been paid. You are freed. You are liberated. You are redeemed. 
didn't have to do anything of it yourself. All you had to do was to claim hold of it. That manna in the desert, it was a free gift from God, freely given, full of grace. They didn't do anything to earn it, didn't do anything to deserve it. They did have to, however, have to go out and, and gather it in. They still had a job to do. They still had to go out and claim the gift that God has given them. Can I encourage you this morning, friend, to claim this free gift for yourself, to claim the abundant, eternal resurrection life that we celebrate not just next weekend at Easter time, but as followers of Jesus, every Sunday, every day is Easter when you are a follower of Jesus, saved by grace. Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling celebrating that it has all been done for you. Claim this bread of life that brings abundant, eternal resurrection life in this life and the next for yourself today. Make Jesus Christ your Lord, your Saviour and your King. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we say thank you that you are a gracious God, that you're a loving God. You provide what we truly need. You don't necessarily give us what we want and the path won't always be clear. The path won't always be easy, Lord, but we do know that you travel with us. You journey with us and you give us what we need and it is sweet, Father. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your provision. We put our trust in you. We, we say we cannot do it ourselves. We cannot save ourselves, Lord. Only you can save. We surrender, we let go, we put our life in your hands, Father. We, we say, I am yours, Father. We trust in your Son, Jesus Christ, to be for us the bread of heaven, that which brings us true life, which nurtures us and sustains us. Father, help us this day to yield and to surrender to the coming King. Help us to yield and to surrender day after day, each day, Father, making you the Lord of every part of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would like to pray that prayer for yourself this morning, please come and see me after the service. It'll be the best decision you'll ever make uh, to make Jesus the Lord of your life, uh, to say, yes, I'm going to feed on him. He will be my sustenance uh, this day and forevermore. Are we going to stand and, and we're going to sing... Uh, a song that some of you uh, may know. It's, it might be new for some of you. It's called uh, The Love of God is Greater. Let's stand and sing.
a seat for just a moment. We're going to uh, share in a moment a, a time of prayer for our world. Ours is a world that is broken and is hurting. Uh, so let's just spend a moment uh, lifting up those that are far, those that are nearby. I'll leave a moment of silence where you can just, if there's someone or something that's on your heart you'd like to lift up to God, to hold before God in the silence, and then I'll conclude our prayer together. Friends, let's pray. Our God of grace, our creator, our sustainer, our redeemer. We come before you this morning declaring our great need. Father, without you, we are wandering in the desert places. And there truly is no hope for us. Father, we cast ourselves upon your mercy and your grace, for we cannot save ourselves. Father, we say thank you that you haven't abandoned us in our sin. We say thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are gracious. You give us what we don't deserve. But you give us each day our daily bread and then plenty more beside. We say thank you, Father, for life in this the lucky country. Our pantries are full, our wardrobes are full to overflowing. So, Father, we lift up to you those members of the human family which are going without this day. We pray that you might indeed give all of us this day our daily bread. Every member of the human tribe, Father. We pray that you might provide what they need this day. We think of those who struggle to put food on the table. Those for whom clean drinking water is a constant issue. Those for whom simply having shelter, a roof over their head, is a constant battle. We think of those entire nations that are torn by war and strife and greed. Father, may your justice roll on through the nations as that unending stream that you've promised. Bring peace, we pray. May your peace, the peace that the world cannot give, break out throughout the world. Father, for this land, Australia, we pray that we might return to you, Father, as our first love, that we may stop going our own way, we may stop thinking that we know better, second-guessing you, Lord. Bring us to our knees in repentance, Father. We pray that this land might once again know you as Lord and Saviour, as King. That our fellow Australians might come to rely on you each day for their daily bread, for sustenance and for life. And Father, each of us here this morning has battles, Father, that only you know of. Strained relationships, illnesses, injuries, Father. Struggles, physical, emotional, mental, relational, Father. Come and bring healing, we pray. Break in and bring healing. Father, we leave with you. We leave at the foot of the cross. 
our deepest prayers in the silence now. Thank you that you are faithful, Lord. We are thankful that you sustain us, even in the desert places. We thank you that you grow us in the desert places. We say thank you for your instruction. Thank you for the stretching. Thank you for the discipleship. Thank you for the many ways in which you grow us and you challenge us, Father. Father, this week we commit to living for you. And not living for ourselves, Father, but to yield our life in search of true abundant life in Jesus' name. In his name we pray. Amen. We're going to stand and sing Hosanna again, a a more contemporary version. Uh, So let's uh, stand and sing uh, Hosanna uh, as we uh, head out before we... uh, head upstairs to join the kids with the Easter egg hunt this morning. So uh, join in singing. uh, I see the King of glory coming on the clouds with fire. Let's sing.
go out this week, let your hosannas ring out. Shouts of come, Lord Jesus, come and save. Come and break into my life. Be my Lord, my Savior, my daily bread for all that I need. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen. Friends, please come and join us for some hot cross buns up on level two. I'll see you up there.